I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. Ah. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, my audience. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Today, I'm going to answer an important question, which some of you have written to me, and that is. The difference between emotions and feelings. I choose this question to answer is because understanding this distinction is crucial to healthy coping. Now, despite a lot of people using the words interchangeably, emotions and feelings are not the same thing. Emotions are real-time data sparked by sensations in our body. Feelings can be more biased, altered by mental misconceptions. Remember the result formula: thoughts cause feelings. So, for one difference, 
thoughts do not cause emotions. And developing emotional awareness can help prevent reactivity and false beliefs. So let us explore further. I'm sure by now, if you are a regular listener or you are my client, you agree that it's healthy to be in touch with your feelings. Of course, whether you regularly do so is a different matter. But what about being in touch with your emotions? Emotions and feelings are actually two different but connected phenomena. Emotions originate as sensations in the body, whereas feelings are influenced by our emotions, but are caused or generated from our mental thoughts. Therefore, the result formula is thoughts cause feelings. Okay, time for a few examples. Let's say you notice the emotion of discomfort uh, while at a party, as your stomach clenches and your breathing gets constricted. Then your mind starts to label that as feeling awkward because perhaps you don't know many people there, or you just saw an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. However, another person with those same emotional bodily sensations. Might label the experience as exciting because they get to meet new people or see their ex again. You never know. Now, take a different example of emotional threat. Let's say a bully might respond with the feeling of anger because it feels empowering, whereas labeling the threat fear would be too vulnerable for them. In contrast, the non-bully might respond with feeling intimidated. So this is why feelings can be so different from person to person in the same scenario. Another good example is when we see movies. Movies encourage emotional release. So when watching the happenings on a screen, particularly a big screen, a person may end up sobbing, laughing hysterically, or showing emotions freely, which they might not feel comfortable doing on their own. So this can have a cathartic effect and can also get them more accustomed to expressing emotions. That's why sometimes I request my clients to go see a sad movie when I know they need to release some of their sad emotions. Two fun facts about cinema therapy: in one study where students watch a version of the movie Atonement, they rated themselves much happier with their lives right after viewing the tragic story than they had just before seeing it. Isn't that interesting? So tragedies, it seems, make people more appreciative of the blessings and important relationships in their lives, which translates to feeling happier. Movies can also help you make sense of real life. Let's face it: myths and narratives about fantastic beings, heroes, and gods have been around forever. We human beings are storytelling animals. Yes, we are. So learning and knowledge have been passed down for thousands of years through stories. 
Stories are the way we understand and make sense of the world. So a good story engages a person's curiosity, emotions, and imaginations. Movies are stories that can help us see the world in a different way and from a different perspective. And depending on the type of movies, it definitely can help our mental health. Why does the difference between emotions and feelings matter? Last year, I came across one of my colleagues, Dr. Rachel Arlen's analogy, and I like it. So I'm going to use her analogy to answer the question. She explains, and I quote: "Our emotions are like the engine of the car. Our feelings are the frame. You wouldn't tune up your car and skip over the engine, right?" The same goes for our emotions, which can give us a more accurate diagnosis of how we are doing in the moment. Unquote. So what she's saying is that emotions are the raw data and a reaction to the present reality, whereas feelings can be diluted by stories we have created in our head based on events of the past or fears of the future. Not necessarily the truth of the situation. So listening to our bodily emotions, informed by our sense perception, helps us connect to the reality of our present experience rather than to stories made of potentially inaccurate beliefs. So from our truth, we can make decisions that are healthy for us. Dr. Arlene also suggests that if you get stuck in these mental stories, well, let's face it, most people do from time to time. You can get a more truthful assessment of your feelings by first identifying your emotions. So, if it's hard for you to be in your body, you can also work in the opposite direction. So, name your mental feeling and then ask, "How do I know this to be true?" Based on the signals in my body. Now, if you are confused by how emotions manifest inside of you, explore your sensations during different nervous system states, such as comparing when you are at ease to fight, flight, or freeze mode. Well, my audience, needless to say, this doesn't come naturally. So you have to be committed to wanting to do it consciously. Dr. Rachel also says that by recognizing and responding to your emotions is a beautiful way to practice self-agency, and I agree. Once you are familiar with what your emotions are telling you, you can go straight to the source in your body to stay balanced. Now, this might include self-soothing practices like deep breathing exercises, releasing with movement. Giving yourself a hug or getting one from someone else, finding a quiet space for meditation, and so on and so forth. And for those who have been following my work, you know you have all those healthy self-soothing and grounding exercises in your toolbox. So look into your toolbox and start using them. The next logical question is. 
how to develop emotional awareness. Here is what Dr. Rachel suggests. First, connect to the visceral messengers in your body. Then bring your hands to that area of the body. Maybe it's your heart or the abdomen. And release any muscular constriction by softening and exhaling. Ask what your emotions are trying to tell you. And in what way could they be a useful signal to you? Then name the feeling you associate with your bodily emotion. Breathe in and out this acknowledgement as both an act of kindness and a way to regulate your nervous system. Be patient and kind to yourself. Next, notice if you would feel better by shaking, stretching, or sighing out the energy of that emotion. Now you understand why I always request you to exhale out loud with a sigh. Explore this subtle but powerful practice regularly. And I promise you, the more you do it, the more you practice, you will get better at it. Now people who have experienced trauma can be more emotionally numb. So by slowly connecting to your raw emotions, you can begin to name those emotions so you can tame them. There is so much power in self-acknowledgement to calm yourself, especially when it's done in a gentle and warm-hearted way. So for people who are scared of big feelings, Working first with your sensations means you can intervene before you feel too overwhelmed. That alone, my audience, is emotional intelligence. So EI, emotional intelligence, helps you come back into the present moment by grounding yourself in your body, assessing your needs, managing reactivity with self-agency, and engaging in more thoughtful decision-making. Emotions are a wise language within you, always trying to give you useful information to stay regulated, resilient, and show up as your best self. All right, so let me recap. Emotions are the biological and chemical reactions in our bodies in response to an internal or external trigger. So these reactions happen on a very basic level that can be completely unconscious. So we notice our emotions through the physical sensations that accompany them, such as sweating, muscle tightness, or a racing heartbeat. As a psychologist, I believe that certain emotional responses are basic and automatic, while others can be learned or conditioned through repeated experiences. For instance, our initial reaction to a dog may be to smile and laugh, but after getting bit by a dog, you may learn the emotional response of fear in response to being bit. And most likely from then on, you will have the emotion of fear every time you see a dog. Some common emotions are happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, and surprise. 
So while an emotion is the biological response to a trigger, the feeling is the conscious evaluation or appraisal of what we are experiencing. So let's say once we have noticed the physical experience of the emotion, the mental sensations that arise are known as the feeling. These feelings are how we make sense of the emotion. Like emotions, feelings are a composite of our experiences and include factors like our behavior, our culture, and any traumatic experiences we've had. For example, the feeling of annoyed. It is a basic emotion of anger that we label as being annoyed because someone else did something that is making us feeling a little bit angry. So, depending on our experiences, we may label this feeling in a lot of different ways. For example, if our culture does not condone being angry at an authority figure, we may be more likely to label it as being annoyed or confused or upset. Or uncomfortable, whatever it is, understanding the feeling and how we label our emotions can help us to develop self-regulation skills. So, in conclusion, why is it important to know the difference between feelings and emotions? There is a distinct difference between what an emotion and what a feeling is. And while these terms are often used interchangeably, there are good reasons to know the difference. Let's say a person who understands their immediate reaction to something may be better able to label their feelings in different and more helpful ways. To be honest, this can be especially useful in the case of hearing loud noises, such as fire alarms or sirens, that lead to anxiety. Depending on the individual's personality, background, and any trauma, this can help them to have more awareness in the moment and respond more effectively. So, my dear audience, knowing the difference between feelings and emotions can be a vital part of your self-knowledge because by understanding how you feel, you can better respond to the situation and regulate your feelings. On that note, thank you for listening, and I appreciate you. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to follow the steps in this episode to develop your emotional awareness. Have fun, enjoy, and bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com. Mm-hmm.